Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, we speak with photographer Stefan Ruiz. Uh, Stefan's a photographer based in New York City. Uh, he's worked with clients such as the New York Times Magazine, Time Magazine, Vogue, The New Yorker, and uh, W Magazine, to name a few. He's also done work for companies such as Caterpillar, Camper, Diesel and Air France. Um, really amazing photographer. Um, been a big fan of his work for years. Um, does, does lots of really amazing portraiture work. Um, still shoots four by five uh, a good amount. This really cool um, portraits, this environmental stuff, studio. Um, so I was really excited to sit down and talk with them. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, thanks so much for listening. So let's jump into it. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Cool, sounds man. Good. Well, how's everything been going with you with like all the Corona stuff and pandemic? Uh, what have you been up to? Have you still been working or what's been uh, going on the last month or so for you? Well, um, let's see. So I'd been working really a lot until probably uh, the last few days of um, February. Mm. And then I, I worked a little bit until the middle of March. Yep. And then it just everything shut down. Like I was, I was, um, I worked a lot in New York, and I worked in uh, Brazil and Argentina and Chile mm -hmm. um, until you know in January and February. And I came back, did a few jobs here, and then just just shut down. Yeah, and no, so nothing. So then, for until the end of the month, um, the end of March. I was kind. Of, I was like wrapping things up, and then April's just been, you know. Now I'm. I, it's just been <laughs> dead. I mean, I'm doing like some resales and yep. stuff like that, but yeah. um, a lot of cooking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you starting? Are, are you starting to get stir crazy? Because like looking at your work, like you you travel a lot. Like you said, like you were just in Brazil, and you kind of go all over. So it's like. The time at home has it been a good thing for you, or is it start? Are you starting to get a little uh, cabin cabin fever? Well, <clears throat> let's see. It's been a good thing actually, um, just because I did need a break yeah. and I have caught up on sleep. I, I I'll go you know months without very much sleep, and yeah. I've been doing that for years. I've been kind of traveling pretty hard for like twenty years now. Yeah, and so. Um, although it slowed down a bit in the last maybe five years. Yeah. Um, slowed down in terms of like, you know, I used to, I used to travel for a good 10 years minimum. I was traveling probably three quarters of the time. Damn. And, and then it, you know, m now it's been more like a third of the time. And yeah. so that's, you know, that's more manage manageable, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so uh let's see so it's been good but then yeah now with the weather getting better and i've been thinking about some of my own projects mm -hmm. and for those the ones that i've had in the works i can do some stuff at home but yeah. most of it's been traveling yeah so i'm gonna tr i'm gonna try to do what i can at home and try to put everything together and just you know plan yeah. for when i can be out again yeah, it's it's really interesting because especially like someone like you, basically all your work, not all of it, but primarily you're a portrait photographer. You're 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 working like pretty intimately with people in their spaces and around the world. 
Like, <laughs> like, what do you think is going to happen? I've been having this conversation with friends and stuff. Like, I've seen photographers are starting to do like, like virtual like like uh, FaceTime shoots and just like, do you think like this the way? you're going to have to operate moving forward is going to be different for a while. Like just going into, cause like you might photograph in someone's house or someone's office. And it's like, is it something you've been thinking about? Like moving forward, like as a portrait photographer and how you're going to have to approach this, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about it a bit, right? Like I'm, <clears throat> um, I guess I'm, I'm fairly comfortable at keeping a distance. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to, right? Like, <laughs> like um, I've always liked doing, you know, I like doing close-up portraits for sure, but I, I've always also liked doing like environmental kind mm. of portraiture or whatever where someone's in, in the space. Yeah. So if I could do things outside or in a bigger place, I, you know, that wouldn't even cram my style. Mm -hmm. But um, doing something close-up, yeah, I don't know right now because that's that's definitely yeah a bit of a problem i mean i have you know i have some longer lenses or whatever but yeah. no nah, it's not the same thing yeah um and even just the fact you know um yeah just trying to organize things and moving camera equipment around or mm -hmm. I, I i mean my big concern is is flying i mean i i've flown everywhere for years right <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah. you know yeah, it's definitely going to be different. And like, have you been like talking to like some of your editors and stuff you've worked with over the years? Like, what's the word on the street in terms of like, are they producing work at all? Like, I've talked to a couple editors here and there. Like, I know one of the one of the magazines I, I work with with is a monthly magazine. And just uh -huh. during, during this time, they've switched to like bi-monthly now. They're kind of like, uh, now they're kind of right. taking a break, but like, uh, what are you kind of hearing from the editors that you've worked with over the years? Have you kind of been in communication at all? Well, people have been asking, like, <clears throat> let's see. Well, so I did, uh, I did some stuff for Vogue, mm -hmm. um, for American Vogue. Um, but I think it's actually, I don't know how they're doing it. Um, it was combined with the magazine, but it was also Vogue.com. Yeah. So somehow they're, because I, you know, I've worked for both in the past, um, quite a bit, but now I think they might be, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're combining mm -hmm. things for a minute while they figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, but so what, what I, you know, they had, they had, a, I guess a bunch of us do, do, kind of like self-portraits of um, during the quarantine. Mm. And I just kind of, I've been going out for bike rides and stuff. And I'd, I'm always taking photos when I'm going out on bike rides. And so I just kind of put together a kind of <clears throat> self-portrait, but not taking my own picture, but just things that, you know, yeah. kind of what my life's about right now. But, And I think I've seen that with a lot of, a lot of the magazines right now, they've been doing things similar to that, but that, you know, that can only go f on for so long. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I mean, did you see that stuff that, uh, I guess it's coming out in a few days that the New Yorker did. Um, they sent out a bunch of photographers, uh, 
Yeah, I did see that. I saw Marvin, the photo editor, posted some of the stuff yeah. on his Instagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, yeah, they're going to just have to get creative. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Trying to, like, you have such a giant catalog of, like, photos and projects. It's, like, uh, I'm sure you could try to, like, repurpose it somehow maybe to magazines or something. That's what I, I, I've been looking through, like, my archive. It's, like, hey, w what magazines can I send these projects to? Because I'd imagine, like, people still need content and stuff. But I don't know. That's the way I've been thinking about it a little bit, I guess, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking, <clears throat> sorry, I was thinking the same thing, actually, because, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff that I've shot that's never been published mm -hmm. and, and stories that, I don't know, in a way I was hanging on to for, for maybe book projects or something, and maybe I'll, I'll do some kind of, I don't know, see if I can, can place it in a magazine mm -hmm. and then have... Um, have it maybe sort you know sort of work as a as a teaser almost of the project yeah um and then also the you know i i have um i've worked with quite a few writers yeah. on on different jobs so i was thinking <clears throat> i've been talking to one well to two i guess and might try to um do some stuff together like you know it's, it's easy to send some photos and they could write something and you know yeah. back and forth also <clears throat> one of the publishers i've worked with gost out of out of london yeah um Stuart smith he's um i was talking to him yesterday and he was just saying you know suddenly he's like super busy because all these photographers um are like, hey, let's do a book now. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's, got, everyone's got time. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's home. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, man. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been getting a lot of emails from photographers. Hey, let me do the podcast. It's because everyone's <laughs> got time now, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just. I think the main thing for me, I just trying to stay positive and like, hey, do what you can. You know, it's like, what what, what can you do? I mean. I mean, like, uh, you've been in this business for a while, like back in like 2008 during the recession then, um, do you remember that period? Did that kind of affect your business a lot in terms of like commissions and stuff? Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. So 2008, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, right around then my, my agent like went bankrupt Yep. and I got completely screwed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, cause I, I'd been working a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I was owed a bunch of money. I, I, I kind of clawed back maybe half of what I was owed, Damn. but, but I, I lost a bunch. So it affected me in that way. And then, yeah, I would say around that time I was, doing, I was also doing a fair amount of advertising. Mm -hmm. And that kind of... That, dried up. That dried up for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um. And it kind of changed. The whole thing kind of changed around then, too, because I think by the time things started picking up again, um, probably more stuff was happening online. And, you know, it was all just it was kind of shifting, too, at that point, mm -hmm. I think. I mean, I don't know, you know. Yeah. No. Specifically, but I, it seems like that's when, it, it, you know, it was kind of like all happening at once. Yeah, for sure. That's something I'm thinking, like, 
in like another six months to 12 months from now, I'm like, what magazines aren't going to be left? Because I've had like conversations with like some editors at like big magazines. And I already know before this, they were like, uh, they're, they were on, uh, on the verge of like stop printing and stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see who can kind of survive this, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody, <laughs> I, 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 you know, so so some of the big magazines or newspapers, you know, they were going, a few of them anyhow, were going down, mm-hmm. and then they got bought out by, by you know, I don't know, tech people or whatever. And then that was, it was kind of like, it wasn't their, you know, like the guy that, that bought, say, Time, right? Isn't he, he's, I think he's from Salesforce. Yep. And Wall Street, uh, sorry, um, Washington Post and you know that kind of thing and and so that it <clears throat> I don't know they can keep going but I don't see how how yeah, like a lot of other things can yeah like niche magazines and stuff but yeah but anyways uh, yeah but I guess like to go back like h- how do you kind of get into photography initially like where do you grow up and like uh, how do you kind of initially get into the whole photography uh, thing I guess. <laughs> Okay, so I grew up. Um, I grew up out on the West Coast. I grew up um, in the Bay Area. All right. So um, I grew up out there. I I lived in San Francisco, and um, well, I was actually born in San Francisco, and then lived in like San Jose. I lived in Santa Cruz. I lived in nice. Sacramento, um, Berkeley, kind of all out there. And then um, my my mom was like an art professor and so I kind of got a start from that and then um but I really started I was going to I did I did a lot of drawing and painting and stuff and and I never thought I'd do photography but um my grandpa her dad gave me a camera and then um my mom kind of taught me taught me how to use you know a, a manual camera and it kind of started with that and then i went to i was going to school i was doing painting and and drawing and then i um i had a class and um i don't know it was weird i i started one of my professors i was i took some african art history and he asked me if i would um help him and well one thing led to another but basically i ended up helping him in west africa he had a he, he got a grant and oh, yeah. i went for a couple of mon- months and helped him and helped him um and i took photos and um helped him document things helped him with video helped do interviews um and it was all kind of um dealing with traditional art in in one region in, in like north uh east ivory coast yeah and and on the border with ghana um and so that was um i started you know i started taking all these photos and i got back and um i started printing them and um and then i decided oh you know i'd like to do this a bit and then i was bartending and in this, <laughs> so long. This is sorry if it rambles. <laughs> no, this is great, man. <laughs> I was bartending in a in a um, in a um, like kind of trendy restaurant 
bar in San Francisco. Yeah. And people would, it was also, it, it was also like a motel where a lot of musicians and stuff would stay. It wasn't like a top end place, but it was, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. the musicians that, that did the smaller venues might stay there. Right. And, yeah. and, um, anyhow, these guys were, were doing a shoot there and, I was talking to them as in the day. I mean, I used to make nothing, right? Because yeah. I, I had the the shift in the day, and I was like, "Oh, I do photography." And, <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, I was basically using my friend's, um, a friend of mine's dad's place, to print, and we could only print at night. Yeah. Um, and so I'd stay up most of the night printing, and then I'd bartend in the day. And if, you know, like the lunch afternoon shift or whatever. Mm. And then, um, uh, so I was talking to these guys, they were doing a shoot, they were doing a shoot for British, British Levi's. And they asked me if I had friends who they could cast and, you know, and, and put in, in their shoot. And I was like, sure. And so I, I helped them cast some people and I don't know, it's just kind of like, I, one thing led to another, and I, I basically, the guys doing that shoot all worked, or a lot of them worked for ID Magazine in, in oh, London. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I ended up, they, I ended up doing a couple photos for them, and then they asked me if I wanted to be an assistant on the next shoot, like six months later, which was in Cape Cod. Oh, wow. And so I, I did that. Um, and... Then they kind of said, oh, do you want, um, they offered me like, oh, do you want to, you, you know, we could either pay you or we could, you know, basically fly you to London and you can meet, you know, uh, all, people from, all, from magazines that, and stuff like all, that. And that was all for ID magazines and stuff? The first stuff, I mean, they were doing stuff. They were all working for British Levi's. Got but it, But they it. were all guys from from ID magazine. I see. And, and so then I, I went to London and I met the guys from... I met like Terry Jones from ID and I remember bringing like three photos that I had done in Africa. And he, he basically, the, um, you know, like a few months later when I was back home, he, they commissioned me to do some stuff. So ID was great in that way. I mean, they would never pay anything, but, mm. but I, I mean, they'd say they'd pay, but they, they I never got any money from them, but <laughs> they would say like 50, 50 pounds a page, but I, I never saw anything, but, um, you feel like, but they gave me a start. Yeah. So that's you, cool. Do you feel like that's like a lot of this business is this kind of like random encounters in the way that you kind of find clients or is it? are you actively like searching for clients or cause like you shop for goddamn like near every magazine out there. Um, cause I think a lot of younger photographers listening to this, they'll look at your website and see you're shooting for time. You're shooting for all the, the big publications. Like, uh, like how would you describe that you kind of build that like uh, network of like magazines and clients over time? Would you say? Well, I think it takes time. Not always. I mean, some people just bust, bust down the scene and they like yeah they you know they they just they're doing everything in there you know whatever for mm-hmm. me it's like it's taking time i mean i it is kind of like one magazine led to another you know to another than than newspapers i was working mostly in england like mm-hmm. you know for it for british magazines mm-hmm. or or newspapers and um you know this was when faxes were around and and 
you know, people didn't know where who I was or anything, right? It was much harder to get in touch with people. Yeah. And then, sorry, I got a hell of a And then, um, um, uh, sorry, I forgot what I was saying. Um, so the, wait, what was I saying? We were talking about how you kind of like, getting those first clients oh. and you're kind of building on it and you're saying you're kind of you're working with the british people yeah. a lot yeah and so then i started getting calls from new york right and and um i started doing some stuff for 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 some kind of random magazines in new york and it, it just slowly started building and and definitely like you know photo editors move around um Sometimes you know that yeah, honestly, like they'll be in a pinch. They need somebody to do a, do a do a picture, and they probably wouldn't normally hire you, but they yeah. <laughs> they need it. And then maybe it goes well, and so they hire you again and again. I, mm. I you know I think it's it's one thing I think is you kind of always have to come up with something, right? Something mm -hmm. usable. Yeah. Whether I mean it's things are you know it's it's rarely ideal the situation when you're on a job, right? Especially mm -hmm. if you're dealing with celebrities or something. Because you you don't know, they could be super cool or they can be just yeah. really hard to work with. Yeah, um, yeah and you, so you got to be flexible. But I think that the main thing is to, to, yeah, to be, to, hmm, to always try to get something that mm -hmm. they can use yeah. no matter what. And, um, and not be super difficult to work with either. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. So it, 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 some people I know have been like definite prima donnas and have done really well for a really long time. But I think after a while, it probably backfires. Yeah, definitely. And like when you're first starting out, like like you're saying, you you started working for those British magazines. Um, were there kind of like any early shoots you feel like you look back on now that were like a like memorable to you like um because like was shooting celebrities and things like that was that always your goal kind of working for magazines or what was there even a goal like, <laughs> no. early on <laughs> no i mean I, I of course i wanted to shoot some famous people because i thought oh that's interesting you get to meet them and, and yeah, they're yeah. actually hiring you to to do this right like that's mm -hmm. kind of cool i i like the access i got i also like the the, the sort of randomness of it like it's almost, you know, it's kind of like, you know, say a taxi driver, someone come, gets in the car and, you know, you go wherever that person wants you to go, right? And yeah. it, you can have all different kinds of clients. And that's, that's in a way, what photography's been like with me. Um, only maybe I'm, you know, flying further or whatever. But, um, but you don't know, you, you can re photograph, you know, really powerful people really like you know not powerful people you can um i'll be sent to do travel stories i'll be you know sent to, to do whatever and i guess that's what that and i've learned a lot too like i mean there's i've been asked to photograph you know somebody that maybe tons of people know but i had no idea who this person was and so i you know i'll, I'll look them up um I'll, I'll i'll read about them and then you know that opens up something yeah and and i think that's been great um but i would say like right at the beginning it was um i was looking 
through I've been organizing stuff. I mean, even before all this happened, I, I've been organizing um, uh, some of my older photos because a lot of that stuff's not scanned or anything. And I was looking through some of the old ID stuff, and I saw you know I, I had photographed Genesis Peorage, um, and he just died recently. Well, mm. she now just died recently, but um, it was like. Yeah, Genesis was like hiding out in Northern California with his uh, wife and two daughters because um, he was under investigation in in the UK or something. And ID wow. sent me out to photograph him out in the middle of the woods, like somebody had his contact, and you know I went and did this, and and that was really interesting. I mean, and you know it was one of my first shoot so i definitely remembered that and then that went all right and then they asked me to photograph um i was living in like oakland berkeley and um they asked me to photograph some of the fashion of like some of the you know some of like the hip-hop fashion in in the bay area at the time yeah and so i just kind of ran with it and just started photo going all over the place and you know like they they probably would have been happy with a couple of photos, but I probably spent, you know, a couple of weeks on it wow. and just went everywhere and did all kinds of stuff. And then I turned in this thing and, and I turned in all these photos and I remember they were really happy. And, and I ended up getting, I ended up starting to do commercial stuff with, with Terry Jones, who, who owned ID, um, through that. I, I, started doing he was doing some stuff for a snowboard skate line wow. and um and that basically they you know the they hired me to go with them and a, and a bunch of people to Valdez Alaska Damn. and you know I was one of a, there were I think there were three photographers on that shoot but I ended up doing like six shoots with them and you know that at that time like I wasn't getting paid a lot at all, right? Yeah. Especially for putting in like we do these like two week shoots, mm -hmm. but I was starting to make money at it, and um, right over always over deliver, right? Is that something you like always strive for? Like even with edit yeah. editorials, yeah. like they might just ask you for a, a, a portrait on white, but you're trying to you're going to try to deliver them more options than just that, right? Definitely. And I, I also think, I also try to, I, you know, like, I also try to always work myself up for every shoot, mm. right? Like, you know, you, you can be really excited because you're going to photograph, I don't know, um, some amazing thing or some 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 really famous person or some, I, I don't know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But when you photograph someone you've barely even heard of or go to a place and you've, I don't know, it's like trying to, trying to keep it, um, exciting or, or fresh or trying to figure out, uh, a way to do it. So it's not just, um, you know, so it's not like, so it's not just routine or something. Yeah. Trying do, you, to, do you, do you try to, cause I imagine that that must be kind of like, uh, I don't shoot celebrities, but like looking at all the people you photographed, 
it, it, I would imagine it can probably be easy to like go into a shoot with like a preconceived notion about who these people are from like whatever video you've seen on YouTube or whatever their social media might say. So do you try to like with these high profile people, do you try to go in with an open mind and kind of forget about like what you might have seen of them online or do you do a lot of <laughs> research? Because I would imagine that'd be kind of a tricky thing, you know? Okay, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I'll look them up, but I, I definitely, tr um, I'd say there's very few, hmm. uh, well, I guess, first of all, I don't know how, how, how much time I'm going to have, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the situation is going to be like half the time. Okay, if it's in the studio, then normally I'll just do a pretty simple lighting mm -hmm. to start with just so I get something, right? And that's kind of why, that's partially why I'll do that, right? Yeah. But then, um, uh, I don't know, I, I don't think um, you really know how, how, the, how they're gonna be, right? Like, yeah. And so you gotta be open to that. And then I never try to, um, I guess I'm never, I guess I'm I'm pretty matter of fact with with any of them, mm -hmm. with all of them. I'd probably do better if I was really um, um, like complimentary or something, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I don't really do that, I, you know. And 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 for a long time, I mean, when I started, I was super super shy. So a lot of times, I just wouldn't even talk to people hardly. And wow. I probably made them really uncomfortable. Yes, right? like stand, and, stand over there. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wouldn't even, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't say, oh, that's great. Oh, that looks good or anything like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And um, now maybe I do that a little more, right? But um, before I was just, I think I was so shy and, and just so concerned about actually just getting something that I, I, I just kind of, I didn't really interact that much. I think, I think that's um, the thing I like about your work is there's this like an honesty to it. Whereas like a lot of not, there's a lot of work out there that's very super like stylized where there's, I call it sauce where it might be like yeah. someone's using gels or like the drag shutter thing is big right now with like kind of blurry stuff. But like, the really thing that's like impressive that I enjoy about your work is it's just like, like you said, you kind of this like, you kind of present the people how they are. You're not like having them like dance around. You're not using all these like crazy stylized thing. Um, and the thing I always kind of ask people yeah. is like, did it kind of take you a while to kind of find your voice of like who you are as a photographer? I guess. Um, okay. So, so one thing is like, let me just say this, like, so often I, I won't, often I'll, I'll let kind of the person pose themselves at first. Mm -hmm. And if I don't think it looks good, yep. I'll tell them. But if I like it, I'll just go with it. Because sometimes they'll do things that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have had them, had them do, right? Yeah. Like, um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll surprise me in a good way. Mm. And um, so I'll do that. But um, wait, you. Uh, sorry, you asked one thing. Yeah, I was just talking about how, like, you know, 
the thing I like about your work is there's this like an honesty to it where it's just kind of like you kind of let the people be themselves in their environment. Whereas like a lot of times work you see out there nowadays, there's kind of like a lot of uh, there's certain photographic trends and they change from year to year, like be it whatever gels or the drag shutter stuff or whatnot. But it seems like looking at the body of your work for decades, it's like you 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 kind of you have a well it's the same a gr- thing over and over well no but i i love that i think it's it's not that it's the same thing over and over no, but no, no. it's just like uh it, it, yeah you're not because like it, I, I feel like i mean i've struggled with this before it's like because there's a balance of art and commerce you're trying to make money so it can be yeah. tempting to jump on these trends of like whatever whatever the hot thing might be like whatever the New York Times is printing or whatever magazine it might be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, I think one thing, okay, so so one thing for sure that has always influenced me is, um, like, say, painting portraiture. Mm-hmm. So paintings. And so I'm not trying to do paintings, but I think that, that the, 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 you know, the, you can have a painting that's like 500 years old or, or, or you know, 100 years old or, or, or you know, modern or whatever, and, and they can all work mm-hmm. kind of in a similar way, right? Or maybe they're different. Or, but, you know, um, but there's something, you know, there's just kind of something that works. And um, I've, I think I, I kind of got into the portraiture um I guess um, from that way a bit. Let me let me backtrack for a sec. So, so when I was doing some of this snowboarding and and um, surfing and skating stuff that that I did for yeah. for a while, I, I was chasing kind of chasing people around. Like they, we they would bring like maybe eight people, a couple pro snowboarders. Um, whatever they bring people on these shoots and i'd be you know on the mountain with them or wherever chasing them around usually using a 35 millimeter and just you know running by the seat of my pants all the time mm-hmm. and then i remember just thinking okay i want to slow this down right like i i want when i'm going to do portraits on another time i'm going to slow it down i'm going to put on a tripod and so i started putting my camera on a tripod most of the time Right, but then I had um, I had gotten an old Hasselblad, like a really old one, yeah. and so I had that on a, on a tripod. It was like a 500C or something, mm-hmm. so not even like a CM or anything like that, like a really old one, yeah, with the really old lenses, right? <laughs> um, and so I started doing all these portraits with that, either handheld or on a tripod, and and. And then I I started learning about I took a like you know like it, it at I don't know some at a almost like a community center like how how to shoot um, four by five wow. like our large format yep. and so I started doing that and they had one that you could check out and so I used to check it out and you know but it was like a Sinar it was it was a it was a um, studio camera, oh, it had but I whole, always wanted whole, to shoot the whole big rail, yeah, and everything. the rail and all that. Damn! Right? So, so I wanted to like go do these, take it around, but it was, you know, I was bringing this big case and it was kind of crazy. And then I, um, this lab I used 
the the owner loaned me an eight by ten, like this old eight by ten, and that he had, and the bellows was all messed up, so I had to tape the whole thing. Um, but I used it. I started shooting some eight by ten, and then and then I just got really into it. And then, so one thing with the portraits was I was shooting most of them after a while with large format. Yeah. And so then it was on a tripod, and you you couldn't like move around a lot, and you had to kind of like figure out you know, figure out your composition or whatever. And I think that also affected things a lot mm. for a while. No, it's interesting. I um, know you still, I know like I was watching some video on YouTube about you and you, you, it looks like you still shoot a lot of four by five. Are you, are you still using four by five for most of your editorial assignments or is that more for your personal work these days? Um, I would say probably like, I still bring it on pretty much every shoot, right? Mm -hmm. But I would say, and I'll, I'll almost always shoot it, but m probably m more of the work now is, is, is digital, but then I will always turn in some, some film. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just tough because most magazines, like the turnaround time is so quick. Like I shot an assignment on Monday. They wanted the they wanted everything within four hours after the shoot, so it's like right, it's, right, it's, exactly. Yeah, you can't even really shoot film if you wanted to. Right, and that, like right now, like my you know uh, my lab's closed, so I don't even know what um, you know. <laughs> but that's a different thing. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've I've tried to sh figure out how to how to. Okay, so I've tried to figure out how to shoot digital more like I would shoot film because yeah. the thing is, is like with, well, first of all, that you can see everything right away. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas before you didn't see everything, you didn't see anything or you'd see Polaroids or whatever, but then you, you didn't know exactly what you were getting. You had a pretty good idea. Maybe yep. sometimes you had no clue. Right. And then, um, and so I th I think you would shoot more in a way and and experiment more mm -hmm. because uh you actually didn't know what exactly what you're getting. Now like with digital you get it you look at the back of the screen or you look on the computer and it, it looks good, right? Mm -hmm. And then but that doesn't always hold up too, right? Like sometimes the screen it just it, it sometimes it just looks better than it actually is, right? True. Um and so I've tried to, um, I'll try to shoot a little bit more um, when I'm using a digital camera. You know, like, it, again, almost like slow it down. Mm -hmm. Because also the, the other thing about digital is I find digital like uh, a lot of times, it's pretty easy. Yeah. So you don't have to think about a lot of stuff. No, you really. can, you could be like five stops over underexposed right. and still bring it back. <laughs> right. It's, it's right. pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> and and you can just keep shooting, right? But then the editing's just like insane, right? Because you you're like, I don't know, you're in front of a computer just yeah. for hours, right? Because you've it. it in that sense, it doesn't cost any more to just keep shooting. Whereas before, you'd like run out of film, or you, you know, I mean, I would go traveling and I'd bring like, like, <laughs> I used to bring like six hundred sheets or something of, of of four by five on on shoots, right? Yeah. Like when I was working for Colors, uh, we'd go on these shoots or something. We'd go to like, I don't know, um, 
you know, I went, I went to, 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 uh, like a mental hospital in, in, um, in Cuba and I probably brought four, uh, yeah, 600 sheets and I probably brought, I don't know, a bunch of medium format and I brought, um, uh, some 35 millimeter and no digital back then. Right. And And also, you know, you bring all this stuff and you you hope things didn't break, right? Mm-hmm. And that's also why I'd bring different. But, yeah, I don't know. Nah, nah, it's interesting, you know? It's, uh, well, cause you feel like, cause I, I mean, I've shot 4x5, like, do you feel like when you're shooting portraits with 4x5, you have like a better connection with your subjects? Like they're more, they kind of slow down more, you think? Yeah, I think. Not always, but there's definitely like an effect, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're okay, most people, are, well, nowadays people are used to being shot on the, by a phone a lot, right? True. But and people are used to are kind of now quite used to getting their their pictures taken, but um, basically, like a SLR style camera. Um, most people, you know, they're pretty used to those yeah. or or some kind of camera, right? And so it's it's not. And and if they're a celebrity or something, then they're really used to them, right? Yeah. And so it's not really a big deal. But but when you when you bring out a a, a larger camera, a lot of times it really people get, you know, really quite impressed. It's like an experience for them. Yeah, it's like they know it's special in some way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I remember like one of my first celebrity shoots was um, taking a picture of Dennis Hopper. Oh, wow. And I went to his house, right? And um, this was in Venice, in L.A. And um, I had, I think, my Hasselblad. I had a, a Leica. Mm-hmm. 35 like a m6 and i had an 8 by 10 you brought that. the whole you brought the whole arsenal with you for that dennis <laughs> hopper shoot man you're, you're, you're covering all bases i like it <laughs> so i was like i was like um i went in there and we, you know it was just me and him right and wow. we're, we're he's showing me around he's showing me his like art collection which was you know he just he had like an insane art collection Damn. um and he, he, we were talking quite a lot, and he obviously he did photography, and and he knew a lot about photography, and um, and he was super nice, right? And I was doing these portraits on on the the, the medium format and on thirty five millimeter, mm-hmm. and then I said, oh, I'd like to take a picture uh, with my with my eight by ten. Yeah. And I brought it out, and he was just like, he completely changed, right? He was just like, this is great. Wow. And then he, like, really got into it, right? Yeah. And he was fine before. He was definitely But now great. Like another but, gear. But when I brought that out, he just completely changed. Damn. And, and then he was talking about the camera. He was talking, and then he got really into it, and then he started, and then he started showing me some of his photos and telling me these stories. And, and it kind of just opened up a whole other side to him. Yeah. And... And so, you know, I mean, that, that, that was one and, and I've taken it to, you know, like 
Well, when I was doing like the Chilambianos thing with, um, you know, I had a bunch of Polaroid, I'd give everyone Polaroids. I used to, you know, in refugee camps and in different places, I would, I would give Polaroids all the time with, mm-hmm. with the large format. And that changed things too, because they would get something immediately and they could keep it. Right. Yeah. And they could frame it. That's kind whatever. of, that's kind of like the dream. Like you're saying, like Dennis Hopper, he's, you got there he's he's working with you but then it kind of he opened up and then it's like your subject almost wants to like collaborate with you and they're not like rushed for time so that is that kind of like that's you feel you get the better photos then when the person's kind of they're working with you on it together kind of right yeah i mean okay i mean you can get you can get obviously you can get great photos with with a smaller format camera or with any camera, right? Like yeah. you can, but with a, with definitely with a larger format, you, you kind of do need the, the participation yeah. of the person much more than you do with a smaller camera. Right. Uh, yeah. Because if they move too much, they're going to be out of focus or, or whatever, or off the frame or, you know, you're not like, mm-hmm. you have to close the whole thing yeah. uh, down, right. To put the film in. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, I think I just meant more like just being able to like getting to the point where you can connect with your subject because I'm sure like sometimes like you're saying like you don't get a lot of time. Um, some people don't want to be there. Um, like yeah. How do you kind of deal with those situations with difficult subjects who are like either they're difficult or on top of that, I would imagine a lot of these celebrity shoots, there's this they might have like a whole entourage with them, managers, whatever. There's a lot of like distractions in the back. Like how do you manage all that? Cuz like you're saying, like you're shooting Dennis Hopper by himself just at his house, so there's very little distractions. But how do you kind of yeah. de- deal with those shoots where there's a lot more going on, I guess? Okay, so that all that stuff, right? Like all the the the, the managers, the, all all these the PR people and stuff. Yeah. That being being like doing this for for a while, mm-hmm. I've watched that grow like crazy. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so now you have much more people involved in shoots than you used to. Yeah. Um, and and then they have to justify their 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 job right Mm -hmm. and so they'll often make things difficult um i I, yeah i mean i I guess like the if i can make the experience somehow seem more special uh with a larger camera or with i don't know with something somehow Mm -hmm. um i will get i will get something better out of them often not always i mean some guys will just show up and that you you take a couple frames and and that's it you know they're they're out yeah. and you're just like whoa. Um, <laughs> those you, are those shits are those shits kind of fun in a way where you only have like a couple minutes. Is, is it kind of like an interesting challenge for you though? <laughs> it's like all right, you got. I mean, it de- it, it depends. Like you know, I mean, I could I, you know, um, like I I could I got a million stories. I don't know. Like you yeah, know, what's um, what's like what's like the last shoot that comes to mind that you that where it was like you only got three frames or five frames like in the last year or so. That what's like one that kind of sticks out to you where it was like. Uh, okay, so I was photographing. This is one. Uh, you know, I have a I have a number of these, but this was one. Um, in <clears throat> January, I photographed Evo Morales mm-hmm. in in Argentina. Yep. Right, the the ex president of um, Bolivia, yep. and um, 
I had flown from Chile basically to do it. And, um, you know, I, re- I, I wanted to do it because it, it, it just seemed like a really interesting thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I was with a writer, and the writer was English. And he spoke Spanish, but he didn't speak, like, perfect cool. Spanish. Yep. And um, also, um, he spoke, like, a totally different Spanish than, like, mm-hmm. Abel. And um, I was like, can I do a few photos just at the beginning before you do the the interview? interview? Because that's also always, oh, you know, yeah. a concern, like the negotiation between the writer, <laughs> the, yeah. the writer and... Yeah, because you're trying to get time, and they're trying to get time, and there's no time, right, or whatever. Limited amount. So he was like, yeah, sure. So I did a few photos. um, And then basically I was supposed to do the shoot after after the interview. And then during the interview, he basically... um, I don't know. There was, I, I guess there was a, a miscommunication, but he insulted um, Evo and Evo was like, just basically said, okay, I'm done. And he just basically left. Right. That, so then I was stuck with what I had gotten before. And I had tried because I always worry, right? Like, and so I, I, I did get a couple of things. I, I, I used, I shot some stuff digitally and then, and nowadays since it's harder to have Polaroid, right? Mm-hmm. I would, or I w- I'll shoot digital and I'll kind of work it out digitally and then I'll, I'll shoot my larger format. <clears throat> and I used the larger format and he was saying, this is like the first camera I was ever photographed on. Yeah. Right. Because like when I first went to, to Bolivia, say you, you go in, in some of the squares and you have the photographers with their, large format cameras and I don't know if you've ever seen this where they'll take your portrait and they'll shoot it on they'll basically shoot it on a piece of paper right yeah photo paper then they develop it and it's a negative right and then they stick it in the front of the camera and they photograph the negative and then they onto another piece of paper and then they develop it and make a positive oh right so there's no there's no and then you end up with that the paper negative and the paper positive, right? Yep. And they'll have this like mini dark room inside the camera, mm-hmm. like where they've got the chemicals. It's totally crazy. But um, so they would do that a lot. And, you know, if you needed an ID photo or something, these guys would do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he was talking about that. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know those cameras, right? And, and, and so the 4x5, he really liked it. Yeah. And, and But still, what happened was I ended up, you know, because of this, this kind of miscommunication between the writer and him, I never got another chance. Damn. Another time, like I was shooting Martin Scorsese and he, and I had two setups mm-hmm. totally ready. Right. Yep. And he was basically like, I did a couple frames and he was like, okay, that's it. And I was like, Oh, but I have, you know, like one more set. I have one, one setup. Can we just do a couple more pictures? And he kind of let me do a couple more frames, but I, I mean, I did maybe, yeah. you know. You had to push for it. Yeah. Less than 10 frames in, in, in two setups, right? Yeah. And um, 
I don't know. Like, yeah, it's th- tough. Do you do you still feel yeah. like? Do you walk away from every shoot like completely satisfied? Do you still have that no. feeling like you know like early on in your career like when you were first starting to work like definitely like the first time you work with a client for the first time? Do you still have that feeling when you send them the photos or is it like damn I hope they like these? <laughs> like do you still feel? Yeah, like- yeah. I always, I, I always want you know like you know you always hope that they like it or or um yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I I look at the mistakes a lot of times, right? Yep. I I uh, most of the shoots I won't think are. I'll see mistakes before I see like the things I really like. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, so and sometimes it'll take me a while to to really think that um that oh that's a good photo. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's good to hear, like, especially someone like everything you've accomplished and everything you've shot over the course of your career. It's like y- you you never can perfect this. You're still like learning every year, pretty much. Yeah. And like, OK, so um, I've been photographing in a similar way for a long time. Right. But I definitely like know, say, my craft a lot better mm-hmm. than I did at the beginning. Yeah. But um but yeah, you, you you know, there's 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 all these all these um variables and um it's hard to always make a you know, to make a a good photo. Um and I would imagine like you feel cuz you said like early on you were kind of like a shy person. Like do you feel like you just kind of like grown got more confidence and being able to better communicate with like all these different types of people over the course <laughs> of your career? Yeah, and also maybe I care less. Like, <laughs> 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 or whatever, you know, it's not like a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just um uh I don't know. I mean Yeah, uh I've I've gotten better at talking to people, I guess. I I I was really shy. Like mm. it was kind of like a problem. Yeah. Um but um but yeah, and it, it it kind of like I got I I I st- the good thing about photography was it kind of for me is like these jobs started forcing me out yep. into strange situations or whatever like things that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, and that was good because it helped me deal with all of that and um and so I, I you know I, yeah no 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 it makes sense it's a good challenge. Um, and you know, one thing I was kind of interested in, you photographed a good amount of like politicians, like everyone from like Bill Clinton, Justin Trudeau, Henry Kissinger, Adam Schiff, yeah. a bunch of people like is like <laughs> photographing like politicians. Is that something you enjoy? And then also, is there like, uh, have you ever felt like you never, you didn't want to photograph someone, not even just politicians, but maybe anybody like you didn't want to photograph them maybe because you don't agree with what they're about or like how do you kind of approach those like shoots with like politicians i guess okay so yeah i mean i like i like photographing politicians i like you know i'm interested in i guess in politics or i'm interested in say world affairs or whatever like you know i like i I read a lot the you know Mm -hmm. news and all kinds of things and i um so I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm into that, but then I, and I do 
there are, I've definitely photographed people who I have probably polar opposite, um, yeah. you know, political views and stuff. And I might think are not good people. Right. Yeah. But I've still wanted to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, because I also just to actually, you know, some of these people are, are, are really powerful and you just, I don't know, you kind of want to see what they're about, get your, your, yeah, get some impression of them. Right. Like, cause even I've found even like a few minutes with someone, you get a sense in one way or another, like, okay, you don't know that person. And maybe it's just a sense of how they were at that day. Yeah. Right. At that particular time, maybe, I don't know, maybe they were in a bad mood cause they hadn't eaten or cause someone wrong. I, I don't know what, but you do get some kind of feel for them. And it, it's kind of interesting. Um, and then I, I've never tried to do like, I'll try generally probably 99% of the time. I'll, I, I won't, I'll try not to do something, uh, unflattering or negative, Yeah. but I don't want to do something necessarily super positive either. Right. Like, uh, so, you know, it's just kind of, and that's where that kind of just, very straightforward um this is what it is yeah it's sort like of kind of this present them uh, who they are and people can interpret it however they want um, right because i was looking i think you just recently like me like two months ago maybe less you photographed jared kushner for the cover yeah. at the time <laughs> and uh, before i got in this interview i went on your instagram and i was re i was reading the comments of people on that photo and it was it was great i don't know if you read your comments but it was like people yeah. were this like shitting on him and like <laughs> some people were this like commenting on the photo but like with a shoot like that where it's like obviously people feel one way or the other like uh like how did you kind of uh, what was your experience photographing him and uh i guess what do you take away from like all those people's comments and stuff i guess okay well just you know like so my politics whatever my politics and yep. his politics or whatever i'm are, you know probably yep. totally opposite yeah but i still wanted to do this shoot right mm -hmm. and i still yep. thought it would be interesting uh you know to go in there and meet him it, and it had nothing to do with like you know I, I it's just interesting to me it's like not a financial concern not anything just i, I um you know I, I i basically they asked me if i'd do it and i said yes like immediately and they were like oh good we weren't sure you know what mm -hmm. you would say right like and i was like well i don't know i mean you know i've photographed great people and terrible people or whatever and like you know i i i, I um I, I, you know, I, and I, I think I want to like, be open to that. Yeah, and like, like it or not, like whatever. I'm not even like getting into politics of it. It's just like, like it or not, like that guy is a part of history right now. Like in Time, Mag yeah, that's totally. what that's what Time Magazine does. They cover whatever's going on in the world and they present it. And then it's just like, I think it's one thing if you're photographing him for a magazine versus like some like advertising campaign or something. You know what I mean? It's like two yeah. two different things, I guess, you know? No, and I, I looked at a bunch of those comments, and, you know, I saw, you know, somebody wrote that I was a sellout and whatever for doing it. Yep. And, you know, I, I don't agree. Like, yep. um, I, I, I would still do it. Like, mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, I photographed Donald Trump a long time ago, but th- that was before he was president. And yeah. I re- honestly, I really never thought he was going to be president at that point. Yeah. But that, you know, that was still interesting. What was, um, your, what was your experience with him? I, I think, I forget what Maggie, I looked it on your website. I forget. It was like, was it for the Sunday Times or something? I uh, think it was a Telegraph in, yeah. in London. Um, I, I've worked a lot for a lot of the, like the, the English um, uh, weekend newspaper magazines, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was, a, well, so this was like years ago. It's probably like the height of The Apprentice, mm-hmm. and are are the first round of the height of The Apprentice, and and um, that's why we were photographing him. And I remember it was like summer. Yep. And um, it it was really warm, and I live in Brooklyn. And I remember I wanted to get exercise. Yep. <laughs> so I sent my, <laughs> I had my assistant take a, take a taxi with all the equipment. Yep. <laughs> and I rode my bike. All right. And so I figured, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be sweaty when I get this. I should bring like a, a, a clean shirt. <laughs> so I brought a clean shirt, right? <laughs> and I locked my bike outside, you know, like Trump Tower around the, around the corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, I changed my shirt, I think, on the street, right? And I, <laughs> I walked in, and what I hadn't kind of, like, planned for or whatever was, like, as soon as I hit the AC, yep. I just, like, just totally, you know, I was just completely wet. Oh, so man. my my new shirt <laughs> was completely, <laughs> completely wet, right? <laughs> and then we, <laughs> we went in the office, and... um <laughs> we went in the office and then they showed us to like the the conference room his like kind of conference room in his office yeah. and i remember at that time seeing like all these framed articles about him mm-hmm. but this was like a long time ago this was probably like 2006 yeah and you know yeah he was famous but there i mean i can't even imagine the amount of articles and magazine covers yeah. you know he's got now then it didn't it was kind of like really he framed this like you know and i remember looking at these things and and then we go into the the room and then he comes in and he comes in alone and he looks at me and my, my assistant and my assistant was wearing like i don't know these really baggy jeans or something that that were like yep. dragging it you know frayed at the bottom and stuff and he was just like, well, this is a fine-looking crew we have here. <laughs> <laughs> He's <just> talking smack. <laughs> uh. And then we were just like, oh, okay. And, um, and then I remember I just, I, I, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And then I, I remember just, you know, I had my 4 by 5 set up, and he did get interested in the camera, actually. I remember him asking about it. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was fine. I, I, um, like I said, I never thought he was going to be the president. But, but then he also, like, he, he asked us to come to his office and do another photo in his office. Okay. And we came to his office, and I remember there was um, a secretary who was coming in, like the main door or whatever, and she was dressed, you know, she was tall and, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, modelly-ish looking yeah. with like a, a short skirt or whatever. Yeah. And I did these photos and then 
after he said, oh, can, um, can you give my secretary your information? And I started going towards the front, and he said, no, she's back there. And behind his office, like in the office, but like there was another like door or whatever, there, there was a, a little, um, a, small, a small room, a small, uh, you know, like an annex or something. Yeah. And there was this older woman sitting there with all this paperwork on the desk and stuff and that and she was the 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 secretary yep so the other one was like i don't know maybe for show and th that one was the real one. <laughs> oh man um, so that was kind of interesting yeah man it's interesting uh photography can take you some crazy places like, <laughs> i think you'd be out in like tanzania up to trump tower it's just uh all over the place man and uh as i was saw I think early on in your career, it might have been some of your first stuff you shot. You uh, you were photographing prisoners in San Quentin prison. Uh, how did that kind of come about? That seems like kind of a interesting place to to be. Okay, so I I actually taught art there for um, I don't know six or seven years. Just like volunteering, and, volunteering, or was like a job? Well, it, I it was through this program uh, that's called the Arts and Corrections. And so basically I would make a little money, mm -hmm. but not very much. I'd yeah, make, yeah. I mean, yeah. on a good month, I might make $400. Yeah. Um, but to me, it was super interesting. I was actually, that's, I was also bartending at that time, right? And, yeah. and so, um, so I, I started, that kind of started because I, I um, had these photos from Africa that I was talking about before yeah. and someone had heard about them and asked me to give a slideshow um, to um, to some of the inmates Wow! like some of the the black Muslims in the prison and I thought oh well this this kind of interesting I was like no I'm not like some expert on on Africa and whatever but I um, I'll just show them you know what 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 I saw and what I did and it, it worked out really well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so then I was asked to do it that, that was at Soledad and I was asked to do it at San Quentin. I did it at San Quentin. Um, and it, it was for the, you know, uh, I guess that there was an art student in San Quentin who also, you know, t was in, in some of the art classes and he, he, he was Muslim, but he, um, he told the the woman that ran the art program, and she um, asked me to do it for the art class, and then I did that, and then I and then I eventually eventually started teaching there. She asked me if I could teach drawing, wow, or something, and, and I and I did. Were you, so, were you were you like nervous going in there, like teaching with these guys? Because like San Quentin yeah. is like a they, there's <laughs> some, there's some bad people up in there. <laughs> like, what was kind well, of? No, it was interesting. It was like. Um, for sure. I, I mean, I was in my early twenties, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not very big and most of these guys were either older than me or like definitely bigger than me. Right. Yeah. And definitely like, um, and I, uh, I, I had to like try to, you know, I had to figure out how to kind of, um, I don't know, get a classroom to work with all these guys, like try to direct them. Yeah. Right. Which was you know, kind of challenging at first. Um, but 
some of the older guys really wanted the program to work and wanted the class to be be good. So they often, you know, they kind of helped. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah, I mean, there were a few times where it was a, definitely a bit sketchy, but most of the times it was fine because they they didn't want anything to go wrong because if something bad happened, they would basically be out of a program, yep. right? Um, and, and they knew that. So, um, but I, you know, like the, I would be in there with maybe, I don't know, anywhere from, it, it really fluctuated, but it'd be from like, say six guys to 15 mm-hmm. or something. And um, we would be in this one, in the art center, which was like just this, this like little room. And the nearest guard was like outside the door across, you know, this kind of, uh, across this walkway yeah. and in, in his, um, shack, it was called the max shack. Mm-hmm. And so he'd be in there. And so if anything happened, it's just going to happen. Right. Yep. Um, but it, it was fine. We, we, I would basically let them do, you know, certain ones would be working on, on, on artwork, like a painting or whatever for for a really long time and then others would want to we would get inmates from the yard say uh, someone got and get one of their friends and then we'd have them sit or one of the guys from the class would sit and then everybody else would draw them um or we'd do you know yeah uh, still lives or whatever but um or i'd i'd do slideshows or you know various things but no it was good it was it was definitely i definitely learned a lot it was it was a great experience i'm sure i'd learned way more from them (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they learned from me and it was pretty amazing Um, the prison like the they were cool with you bringing your camera in there and photographing them or did you kind of have to get permission uh, yeah no that was like okay so the times i got to bring the camera in was through like the prison sort of press officer mm-hmm. and normally it had to do it either had to do with when we were trying to get funding for the program even yeah. though it wasn't like the ba- basically the prison had nothing to do with with the funding like the funding was raised outside of the prison yeah right but but they allowed us to do the program um so they but they would let us, you know, bring the camera sometimes in to, to photograph some of the artwork. Um, also, like, Death Row for California is, on, is in San Quentin. Mm-hmm. And so um, w- we would, like, get some of the artwork from the, the guys on Death Row, bring it down, photograph it, and then bring it back. Um, <clears throat> so there were certain days. It wasn't very often I got to bring a camera in. Yeah. But if they also one time some of the stuff with the four by five that I shot was um, when they were doing a play. I also they have these amazing murals in San Quentin, and I photographed all the murals in San Quentin. Damn. Um, and I was pretty lucky. I got to do it a number of times. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that that was great. No, it was, um, it was amazing. And uh, you cool going for a little bit longer? I just had a few more questions. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm fine. Cool. Am I, is this all right? No, this is great, man. I'm play, I mean, I've been a big fan of your work for years, man. So this is a fucking <laughs> Thank this you. is a treat, man. Uh, you had uh, one project, which I believe is the same thing as your book, Factory of Dreams, which is you yeah. did a project on telenovelas, which is basically yeah. Uh, what do you call that type of TV show? It's it's like uh, well, the like soap operas, soap Mexican soap operas. Yeah, yeah. Like what the, what was that project all about? Because it seemed like pretty interesting. Okay, so, um, so, I, do you, do you know um Colors Magazine at all? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, okay, so so it was pretty influential. Um, it was a pretty influential magazine, like say in the nineties, I guess. And, um, and I liked it quite a bit. And then eventually I started working for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, 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 I shot for them for a while and then I, um, it was owned by Benetton, but it wasn't, um, you know, it had almost no advertising in it or anything. And they just, they, they, First, it was done by Tibor Kallman, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Olivera Toscani, and then um, uh, <clears throat> uh, Tibor died. Um, Olivero fell out with um, with the family, and then it kind of it, it, it kind of kept going. But at, at one point, I was I was working on it, and. Um, we used to come up with different themes and we would have these meetings and just throw, you know, ideas out there. And, and I don't know, this had, this had come up, um, before, um, as, as something we might do as kind of almost like a chapter in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we just decided, I decided that I wanted to do a whole issue on this for colors. Yeah. And so we start, Three of us went there, and we also used a bunch of photographers from Mexico, and we kind of produced this whole issue there. And then um, I decided I had a lot of photos, and and I decided, oh, this is kind of interesting. Maybe I can keep going on it. And and basically, what I wanted to do was do a kind of documentary project, in a sense, mm-hmm. documentary portrait project, in a kind of I don't know, quite a almost like a fake setting. Yeah, because it looked like you were, you were basically like photographing these actors like on the TV sets kind of, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So that's basically what it was. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of dressed, mostly they're, they're dressed in their their costumes, mm-hmm. but they're not, um, but they're just posing for me. They're not like, um, you know, there's one or two pictures where in the, in the book where they're actually acting. But basically, they're posing for me, and so I wanted to do this sort of. Um, it's just totally, I guess. No, I want I wanted to do this project that was was documentary, but not what you'd typically think of as a documentary project. Because yeah. you know, at this point, I had already photographed in the refugee camps and prisons and and asylums or whatever, mental hospitals, um, these different places that you'd much more expect that kind of stuff to be done. Yeah, and, it seemed like and, a, lot, a lot different than your other work, like you said, because it's like, it was almost like, a, I don't want to say like David LaChapelle in a sense, but it's like, there's like these sets where it's like, 
normally you're you are photographing them in their environment, but the environment behind them is like a it's a fake environment. Yeah, it, so that's why it, that, it, that's why it's interesting. Yeah, and also for me, it's not my aesthetic at all. Yeah. Right. And and so I thought it was like a good challenge for me just mm -hmm. to try to to figure you know kind of. Uh, try to figure this out. I mean, I, I, they, they've been really, they were really, really influential and, 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 you know, really quite, um, popular, not just in Mexico, but in a lot of Latin America and also in Eastern Europe and in Russia and in Asia. Now, now uh, a lot of these countries make their own, but at one point, um, uh, the Mexican soap operas were like the second largest export of, uh, front of Mexico, like after wow. oil, wow. and um, they were like huge and they're super successful, and um, and so that was part of it too. Just like you know, a lot of people in the states had no, no, are in the states and say Western Europe had didn't really you know know anything about them, even though they would they would show them here on like you know on some some TV stations <clears throat> normally. Um, say on the Spanish-speaking TV stations, they might show them, or they might show them even in France or Italy. But um, yeah, no, I just thought, um, I guess that, that's kind of why I did it. Also, there were things about like they always play with like these <clears throat> class and race stereotypes, and they play with, um, you know, it's like I don't know, a, a good-looking. Basically, a beautiful, virtuous woman can kind of move up, right? Yep. But uh, a poor, hardworking man will never move up, right? I, I don't know. Just, you know, and there's yeah, like yeah, these yeah. Cinderella or whatever. So I just wanted to kind of, kind of do that. There's always maids on the set. They mm. were they were surprised that I wanted to photograph the maids. <laughs> um, uh no, I don't know. It's. I guess I should have a better answer for this, but no, nah, man. It's, um, it's it's always that's always kind of the interesting thing about how people how like personal projects kind of pop up, like you know, like because uh, looking at you also did. It seems like you've done a couple personal projects down in Mexico. You did the other one which you mentioned earlier a little bit, the Cholo Bianos, which uh, yeah. I'll, I'll send a link. There's a cool video Vice did of you like ten years ago, which I I think uh, that's how I kind of found out about your work is where you kind of went down to, you could describe it, you went down to Mexico and photo, photographed these kids that like had like interesting haircuts and they were like kind of into like a certain type of music, if I, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, basically, um, it, okay, so Vice was doing, Vice was doing, um, was gonna, it was doing a pilot right, for mm -hmm. this series on photographers they were going to do. And the guy doing the 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 videos or, or whatever, doing the documentaries at the time for Vice, uh, this guy Santiago Stelly, he, he was, um, I used to work with him at Colors. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, can we do it, you know, can we do a... Um, right. A documentary on you and and I was like oh I don't know that's kind of crazy <laughs> and then <laughs> and 
And then he had actually worked with me on the on the soap opera stuff for Colors. Yeah. In Mexico, and he and he wanted to go photo, you know, tag along while I was finishing that project because mm-hmm. I finished it in like 2011, and and um, they said you know they'd pay for me to do a shoot there and all that, and I was like, there's no way you're going to get access with your cameras and into. Televisa, and that, and that was for sure. They just would not allow it to happen. I could barely get access in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, we started talking about other ideas, and 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 this one came up, and they would pay for it. So I w- I was like, yeah, definitely. Um, you guys can come. Let's do it. And so we went, um, and so they. Yeah, they had they basically had their own style, which was a mix of, um, I don't know, like it was like Colombian and like yeah, Colombian and hip hop and all kinds of stuff. They're into cumbia, which is and vallenato, which is you know traditional music from Colombia. That's that from the coast that um, that is still popular. It's popular in a lot of Latin America, but definitely popular in, in Mexico and definitely in, in Monterey. This was in Monterey, Mexico. And then they'd come up with these hairstyles that are totally their own. Right. And, um, yeah. And so we went down and, and we, uh, and we did this and I went a couple of times. Um, and then right around to the end of 2011, it, basically started disappearing because this was kind of the height of um at this point there were there were they were kind of battling for the trade routes of the drug trade routes going going through this area yeah and it got it got pretty violent there and then they started cracking down on on the kids like not that the kids were <clears throat> were really dealing any of the drugs or criminals or anything, but they just looked, you know, yep, yep. totally different. And so the, they start getting harassed by the police. Have you, um, is cause you're saying like, how you're mentioning, like it, it's hard to get access down there is like photographing in Mexico. Have you like run into problems yourself? Like, um, like I've been there a little bit, but, uh, I haven't had any issues, but like, have you run into those situations? Cause I know I've had friends go down. One of my good friends, he, he went down to Mexico, him and his girlfriend, they got, they got, uh, they got tied up and then there's robbed in their house. Um, so you, <laughs> you, you hear these stories, uh, but like, what's kind of your experience been like you were saying, like going down there with cameras, like, sounds like it's, has it been difficult? No, I mean, I, I, I've been lucky for sure. I've, I've been fine. I yeah. mean, I've, I, um, I've taken my cameras all over the place and yeah, I mean, it probably, um, um, probably some places I, you know, I probably shouldn't have, but uh, no, it's, it's worked out. I, 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 you know, I've heard crazy stories. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> I've got, I've got Mexican friends who have been robbed, you know, gunpoint, mm-hmm. um, in, in, you know, yeah. and they're not, um, but then, you know, I have a lot of friends there who've never had any problems, and and I've yeah, I definitely haven't. So yeah, I mean, either like um, I've been I've been to Tijuana, uh, been down to a couple other different cities, never had any issues. But you like read about it, so I was just kind of curious your experience. But it sounds sounds good. I think that if 
you know, I think if you were to be digging around in certain, you know, yep. probably certain areas about, I, I don't know, maybe the, the drug trade or, mm-hmm. or, or, or corruption or whatever, you might have, yeah, you know, you might seriously have problems. Cause, it's like it's I mean, like it's like any city. Like you, you go, you just got to be aware of like where you're at. You could be in New York, you could be in Chicago, wherever, or in any city. Really, I think you know it's just kind of being aware, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I actually okay. So when when we were when I was doing the the um, the Chilambiano things, we we were in a we were in this pretty you know. Like a, a, this neighborhood outside of Monterey, in this club, um, and outside this club, it's it's in the video mm-hmm. uh, at, at night, and <clears throat> we were set up basically outside the club, um, on a wall, and, and these cars would go by these like suburbans, and. Um, with like dark windows, sometimes the military would go by with face masks and stuff. And as it got later, um, it got a, kind of more, you know, like some of the. I remember there was a, a a suburban or two actually just parked, kind of like looking at us, and, yeah. but we couldn't really see. And at one point we were just like, okay, it's probably time to go, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and we we're just like, okay, let's let's pack up, let's pack up, you know, kind of like calmly but quickly. Yep. And and you know we we kind of said it to each other and we and we just did it mm-hmm. and um and um you know we left and and it was probably I don't know I mean you never know when it's gonna go off. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Um, and uh, it, it seems like you're you kind of always have like a side project you're working on, this kind of personal stuff in between all your editorial. Is that kind of something you've always kind of done over the course of your career? Yeah, I mean, I probably I probably got <laughs> three going right now. But the right. the, the thing is, is they always kind of drag on. Uh, also, like I think in some ways because the commercial stuff's worked out pretty well. Yep. Um, it keeps me from doing it, but then it's also like, it's also a funding thing too. Cause like if I stop doing the editorial, all that, the commercial yeah. stuff, I kind of run out of money. Right. Yeah, for and sure. then to do a project, it always takes money. And, um, I don't, you know, like I haven't tried to write for grants or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so a lot of times I'll, I'll yeah, and then I, how I've funded a lot of them is try to, to uh, you know, stay a few days longer on this on a shoot, and then you know organize my own shoot or or something like that. And yeah. so um, I've done I've done so I've done a bunch of stuff in um, in Colombia. Yep. For like maybe ten years. And I have all these stories, and and that's one project that I'd like to do. Um, and that's one project I was trying to kind of pull together now. Yeah. I have another um, portrait thing that 
that I, I, I wanted to put together. Um, and then I, I, I don't know. I have like, um, kind of these shorter shoots that maybe I'd put together as, as almost like chapters or yeah. not like zines, but something smaller. Yeah, um, it's like, you feel like you just got to keep feeding that beast. Well, obviously you love doing it, but then to kind of keep getting the editorial work, it just kind of gives you something to keep sending to editors and stuff pretty much to hopefully get more assignments. Or is, is that kind of part of it? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like you have to keep, you kind of have to keep doing your own stuff anyhow. Cause if, you know, it's like, it's very trendy, right? Like, the, you know, it's like, um, like, you know, somebody who's just done like, uh, a book that's been really popular is going to start getting hired. Right. Yep. Um, and then it depends if that person can actually, you know, deliver on those shoots or not hmm. when they're hired. Cause it's one thing to do to work on your project for like years, yep. like some projects I've done, right. Where you just have, you know, 90% of the stuff doesn't even make it into mm -hmm. the book or whatever. And then it's another thing to do, you know, do these shoots on demand and try to get something interesting. Cause it's hard. Yeah. I mean, you don't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't always work. No, no. Um, so, and do you ever, do you ever feel like, cause I know you, you shoot editorial, but then you'll shoot advertising. Like you've done ads for like camper, um, bunch of other companies. Have you ever felt like you needed to like create work to attract like advertising clients or you use You just kind of this approach your work, how you, how you do and just kind of put it out there. And if people like it, they like it. Or, um, have you ever felt that pressure to try to like create work that advertising clients will be attracted to, or what's your kind of, uh, um, I guess I've never tried to create work that for advertising, but I think I've probably put say edits or portfolios together mm -hmm. that I thought would work for, for advertising. Like, so something that's maybe well lit or, yeah. you know, um, something that's not too hard, um, or, <laughs> you know, well, compo well composed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've done, you know, I've done a lot of architecture stuff just because of, um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I get sent on these things. So like, so for T Magazine, I'll do, I'll do travel stories or architecture, or, you know, mm -hmm. some super fancy house or uh, an artist in their house or, you know, um, and that kind of stuff you can you can easily take some of those photos and put them in an edit yeah. uh, whereas for for some kind of advertising right people yeah. will, it will see it immediately that oh you know i did i did some shoots for air france and they were you know they were quite quite architectural you know it's it like be a person um in a uh, maybe outside a house, but if you know, fancy modern house and yeah, you know, I mean, so, so it's not that big of a leap. Yeah. No, that makes that. sense. Yeah. I'm always just curious. Cause 
for me, the advertising business, it, it's a weird one. I've, n- I've never understood it. It's just, uh, it's an interesting business, but yeah, it's, a, it's always interesting to hear how people approach it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes like, <clears throat> so I, you know, often like I, I'll do quite a, quite a, quite bright lighting. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times that just maybe part of that developed just because of necessity with a larger format camera at the time and then yeah. trying to freeze something and, and, and trying to, to just trying to basically, yeah light yeah. it i don't know yeah not that it's the best lighting in the world but just <laughs> you got good lighting Stefan. your lighting's on point man <laughs> don't sell yourself but, short <laughs> but, but, what, but no but what i'm saying is like so then like that kind of portrait i think is easy for yeah. for somebody in the ad business to see oh yeah if they do it well if they do it with this person this, yeah then you know it'll be fine yep yeah or whatever yeah. so and then the other thing, though, is if you do a couple ad campaigns that go all right, um, other people will hire you. Yeah, because it's, like, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the same thing. Like if an editor, you get like kind of pigeonholed, right? Like so, if if you if you're the guy that can photograph the celebrities in yep. you know in weird situations or whatever, then you're going to keep getting those. Yeah, and it's then like if you you know. I've tried to kind of spread myself out as much as possible just to, 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 because mm-hmm. if one thing dries up, hopefully you have something else that you can do. Yeah, right? for sure. Well, uh, Stefan, uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time. It was like a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess my la- last question, what's next, man? Like what's got you excited? I guess we're on lockdown, so I don't know how much we can shoot, but, uh, what, what are you hopeful for, man? Give the people some hope. <laughs> So I'm hopeful for this to all end yeah. <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really hopeful for the summer, but I don't know if we're going to be out of this. Um, uh, no, I guess, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's on me right now to finish some of these projects and, and get them done, and then plan shoots for when this is done, yep. and then, you know, hopefully. Hopefully there's going to be work for everyone after too, yeah. um, or even during, because it's it's definitely a, that's a bit worrying. Hell yeah, it is. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm just like trying to figure out, okay, what can I do here, yeah. and what you know, um, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I like it, man. Well, I uh, can't thank you enough, and uh, for people. No, li- thanks a lot for this. Yeah, for people <laughs> listening, I'll tell them your website is uh, is. Uh, Stefan, uh, you're like, you pronounce it Ruiz, last name? Yeah, Ruiz. But I would do, uh, yeah, dot com. StefanRuiz.com. StefanRuiz.com. I'll link it. And then everyone go to your Instagram, too. It's a bunch of cool stuff up there. Oh, actually, last question. I saw, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. You photographed Peter Beard, uh, who unfortunately passed away last week. Um, yeah. What was your experience uh, photographing him? Because he was just such an interesting artist himself. <laughs> No, he was, he was, I mean, you know, like I dealt with him a couple of times. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Um, he was definitely crazy. Um, <laughs> or, you know, yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, we're all a bit crazy, but yeah, he was yeah. definitely like uh, a free spirit, yep. you should say. He definitely, 
I remember um I remember I was supposed to photograph him another time for I forget some magazine. Yeah. And and it was going to be in Montauk at his place. Yeah. It never happened, but they were like okay, he said, "Yeah, it's fine. You can come." Something fell through, but yeah, they, yeah. but they had said, "It's fine. You can come." He just wants you to be prepared to stay up all night and, you know, have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know when I, yeah, he, yeah, no, he was great. No, that's cool. Well, Stefan, I'll let you go, but uh, thanks so much, man. And uh, I'll send you a link. I'm going to post this up on uh, iTunes and stuff later today, so I'll send you everything once it's up. Oh, shit. That soon? Okay. Hell yeah, man. We're getting this out, man. People are at home. We'll get them to listen, man. (laughs) Oh, no. All right. All right, Stefan. All right. right, Thanks a lot, man. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. So there you have it. That was the Stefan Ruiz interview. I uh, just want to thank Stefan so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Like I said, I've been a big fan of his work for years. Just really appreciate his honest approach to portraiture. Um, this really amazing work and this photographs so many different types of people and places. Um, this can't thank him enough. So definitely go check out Stefan's website at stefanruiz.com as well as his Instagram at stefanruizphoto. Um, I'll put it in the description, but definitely go check out more of his work. And as always, I'm going to be having uh, more episodes now. I know I was kind of off there for a few weeks with everything going on with Corona and work and whatnot, but I'm back to recording. I'm going to have a couple more episodes this week as well. Um, So definitely keep checking out on iTunes and Spotify, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. I'll be updating with new episodes and more photographers and some producers I got coming on. Um, So thanks so much for listening and take care. Thank <laughs> you.